And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 270, with Mr. Red Strider. Once again, it's going to be his second appearance on the show solo. It's been on, he's been on what, Monday Mayhem. Uh, he's obviously on the Friday show we have now called Friday Bangers. It's always so interesting that we have a show called Friday Bangers. I should have called it Bang Hers, but Bangers is going to be a lot more. <laughs> You know, people will probably respond to that very well. So, what's been going on, man? How's life been? Been pretty good. Just got back from spending New Year's in the Midwest, and that mm-hmm. was bloody cold, but that was actually pretty fun. Mm. I was surprised. I had a hell of a time getting back, though, because getting out of the small, small regional airports, which is weird because it's a, I, my flight came out from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and for some reason my flight was going to be really delayed and so i had a connecting flight from dallas to houston mm-hmm. but i it was that the flight from south dakota's from sioux falls was leaving way too late mm-hmm. so i canceled that got on the one the mm-hmm. next day and i was like oh, that was kind of annoying so i just got to spend <laughs> the third day of new year's when i'm supposed to be back at work um yeah the third day of new year's just hanging out in an airport lobby and there's a hotel next to it so i just stayed there for the night had a drink had a perfectly perfectly nice meal of tater tots and uh and grilled cheese and tater just, tots and grilled cheese that's how you know you're in the midwest that's the thing <laughs> i mean that's honestly it's kind of what i eat normally every day not really mm-hmm. kind of but I, but it's like yeah i'm 10 years old so i even joked to the lady she didn't get it it's like i'll have a tater tots because i'm 10 years old she didn't like <laughs> okay well fine but she was nice enough you know she gave me really heavy pour of some uh, of some um uh, what was it Dewar? So that was nice. Mm-hmm. So just hung out and uh, read my read a my Band of Brothers book by Stephen Ambrose for the rest of the night, and mm-hmm. it was kind of great. The next day, yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, flew out the next day and came back had a pretty good New Year. Just hung out hung out uh, my buddy and his brother and ripped some really bad movies because that's what we do <laughs> together. We just watch really bad movies, and I finally seen I finally seen all three of like the worst movies of all time. I've seen Manos the Hands of Fate. Which is that's more watchable than when the one we actually watched, Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's an Ed Wood movie that oh, has oh good God. I was not prepared for how bad this was. There are certain gradations of bad, you know, there are certain bad movies mm-hmm. that are trying really hard, but they just fail at it. But they're still taking mm-hmm. it seriously. So it's almost you don't feel bad about making fun of it, like Space Mutiny, if you heard of that one. Mm-hmm. It's an earnest film, but they're they're just it's just really low budget. And mm-hmm. It just that's another brand of bad that's fun, but there are other brands of bad that just go beyond parody. Like you, you just like get this over with. Please just end. Let them let the madness stop. Um, and a lot of those, a lot of those are kind of the, those low budget Christian films. But man, Plan Nine from Outer Space was just the worst movie I've ever seen, and I've seen a ton of them. Like if you go Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and we watched it with the Rift Tracks version behind it. I cannot imagine what this movie would have looked like, what, it would have, what this movie would have been like. I could not have survived it if not for the riff tracks behind it. It was absolutely boring. And, you know, it was so funny. This is incredibly low budget, but there's there was no very little special effects, very little action scenes, which doesn't really matter. But the thing is, it was so boring because they'll talk about doing they'll, – they'll see something in front of them. They'll see a situation in front of them. They'll talk about it. And they'll talk, and then that uh, another person with them will reply to that talking about it. They'll talk about the, they'll talk about the thing that they're doing for like five minutes before they actually do it. And I kid you not, one of them they're going back and forth for like a minute 
about what they're going to do. And all they're doing is hitting a guy upside the head with a big old baseball bat. <laughs> and then they finally do it. And that's over in two seconds. I'm like, why hmm. did we just do that? It's you know what like I find so weird about when people view those movies is I think people generally forget what is a like perceived bad movie that is intentionally trying to just be as wacky and crazy as possible mm -hmm. versus movies where people aren't that's not their approach they weren't trying to do that you know like yeah. you can tell those movies on the sci-fi channel where there's all those random shark movies those are trying intentionally by just how they're made to be like the best written thing of all time though they're banking on the premise <laughs> of hey this big giant robot shark is flying in the sky and farting out bacon that's supposed to kind of be the reaction but <laughs> you have movies that are bad like that like you mentioned I've seen a fair amount of really bad movies over the years. Mm -hmm. those, those people, that, that was never their approach. That was never their approach mm -hmm. to make a bad movie just because we're going to do, do some crazy, wacky stuff. They thought they actually were cooking, but no one was eating. Like that movie, um, Jack and Jill by Adam, Adam uh, Sandler. That was terrible. That's probably the worst movie I've seen oh. ever made. The movie was just so bad. Like there was no way someone wrote that and went, Man, we're gonna make this so bad it's good. No, they actually try to write it as if like Adam Sandler could play a woman. Like it doesn't so bad. Didn't John Travolta do that in hairspray, and he's considered that's considered like one of the worst uh, like his worst role. Good <laughs> a, lord. I don't even know. I haven't seen the movie. I just know he's in Dragon Man. I find it weird how people will talk about movies, yet they don't really understand like premises behind them. Like, I don't think people really understand. When it comes to like even just bad superhero movies with like the really really bad ones, yeah, those just came out really bad because it they weren't as campy. It's just the story is bad, nothing made sense. But when you have new bad ones that have come out, like obviously I think the Flash is not very good. Obviously the Eternals, a lot of the recent MCU movies, absolutely actually Thor: Love and Thunder, like Thor: Love and Thunder, I don't think is even trying to even be a superhero movie. Like what is that mm -hmm. even trying to be? You know. <laughs> It's just Taika Waititi taking the shit out of Thor. A comic which he admitted, he said he'd look at it and be like, ugh. Yeah. But those are his words. That, those are, that's a direct quote from him. I would just yeah. pick up that comic and the comic book will be like, ugh. Because he doesn't like Thor. So the, why the hell are you directing? Which is kind of funny because you can definitely see that even back in Ragnarok. There's mm -hmm. people pretend Ragnarok was a good movie. I don't know. I it was they, funny. I think, the, I think they liked the comedy element of it. Like, they did some yeah. really off-the-wall shit for Thor in that movie. Like, really bad stuff, too. Like, he tried to do the whole breaking his character down. He loses his hammer. He loses Asgard. He loses his dad. He loses his, pretty much loses his brother in the next movie. Yeah. And you got to realize that storyline for Thor is, like, revelations for them. And mm -hmm. that's not a story that's, a, that's just a joke. It's just not, you know? Mm-hmm. And it goes to show you just like how much of a normie perspective is on things versus people that actually knew what Thor was as a character and what knew what that story was. Like even recently, yep. he had some comments I and mean, we're just sitting there going like, I swear, dude, Hollywood puts people in these positions where like they're all, they're just answering all our suspicions. It's constantly they're answering these suspicions. It's like, God, because as fans, we always go, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. I would have probably did it better. Usually that's some sort of like the latter is the ego part of it. But the first part is usually, you know, I don't really think these guys know at all what the hell they're talking about. They've been, I mean, pretty much confirming that <laughs> with all these like interviews. These Because people know directors and producers and actors have to do interviews for like their content part of their movie contracts. They do, mm -hmm. they do a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of like commercials, like Coca-Cola and all that stuff. These people 
literally putting their foot in their mouth at that point. It's, it's really bad. Like, I, I, I would just say stop doing as many of them because this is, like, actively hurting movies, too. Like, um, I think some movies have actually been hurt by it more than actually helped by it, too. Like, there have been movies that have come out where the actors have said some off-the-wall bullshit, but the movie doesn't even reflect that. As if almost mm -hmm. like they were saying it just to get a rise out of people or a reaction out of them. But they do know that doing that hurts your movie now. Word of mouth is such a big thing with movies now. If your movie mm -hmm. is bad word of mouth, there's a good chance that movie's not making any money box office now. Yep. 100%. <clears throat> like, perfect mm -hmm. example, House of the Dragon. So House of the Dragon had some problematic elements at first on its marketing. Mm -hmm. Because we're, and we're, a lot of us who have who suffered through game of thrones season eight. Like I started watching, I started watching game of thrones like crazy. I would count down to Easter time. Like I would live for the Easter time whenever a new season would release. Mm -hmm. And so game of thrones season eight was just absolute garbage. And then mm -hmm. it comes house, of the dragon like, Oh boy. Well, I want to go back to this world, but I'm scared of getting hurt again. And mm -hmm. some of the things that, and even the, some of the things that uh, I think I don't remember what his, I think Steve Toussaint, uh, I think is his first name, the the black guy who plays Corliss Valarian. Mm -hmm. So we were told we, we told the, the Valarians were going to be race swapped. They're going to be mm -hmm. they're they're the black family in the in the Game of Thrones mm -hmm. universe. Now at first we're like, ugh, stop, because <laughs> because here's the thing, we've been we've seen this time and time and time again you race swap just to do it just to earn woke points they lucked out with this show though because it actually helped enhance the story that that, that does not happen that never happens they it very they rarely happens this. yeah <laughs> no that never happens this happened by accident because as it turns out the absurdity of the situation with um with the oh gosh what's her name rainies and and her and her Valarian husband, who's gay, so she's not, mm -hmm. clearly not creating heirs with him. She's clearly sleeping with another guy, having a relationship with another guy, uh, because he because the one who she's married with, the black guy, is gay and white haired. And so, which in the book, which in the book, Fire and Blood, they're the Valarians and Targaryens are kind of interchangeable, same white hair, purple eyes. Um, if you were to have, but in, also their names are very similar. So if you would have had that in the show, that would have been incredibly confusing. Um, but that's actually helped with the absurdity of this one plot line because she's sleeping with a guy and her, her kids and their joined kids are their bastard children are like fair haired and black haired kids. Either the spitting image of the father, but everyone's like, nope, nope, nothing to see here. Nothing wrong here because that would be, that would be a crisis and that would be almost treachery really. Um, <clears throat> so it makes it even more obvious and more hilarious that this is happening it's not really hilarious but it, it enhances the story quite a bit because it makes everyone else it makes the denial that much more ridiculous because that's the how it is like that's how it is in the original story they did that by accident and steve toussaint was trying to play the identity politics game and said oh they don't like me because i'm black you like a black guy in in, in westeros like forgetting the fact that we've had salad or son probably one of the most I, who i still remember by the way i don't remember who i don't remember who played him but i recognize the actor in the original game of thrones i still remember his name he was hilarious he was a black pirate who was absolutely hysterical and he was he just he didn't care he's like um he just didn't care he's kind of this i don't want to rape the queen i want to fuck the queen <laughs> Just this kind of split hairs as a pirate. That's what he's there for. But there are plenty. There've been plenty of black characters in Game of Thrones, and no one, no one batted an eye. But because HBO had a um, had a show to sell, they decided to try the identity politics game really early on. They always, it, yeah, they always do. But this time, all yeah. of a sudden, that stopped whenever people weren't criticizing the Black Valarians in game by season by episode two. Mm -hmm. Nobody gave a shit. 
because it was actually good. It was actually decent writing, decent character development, decent everything. And the and the the comments from Steve Toussaint shut down real quick. But again, that's the exception. It never works any other time. I'm sorry, Rick Reardon. You can you can suck a big fat one for your for your what abomination. I, what I find so weird, dude, is like you'll people will have these conversations and it's like their brains aren't even processing information. They're like just I don't know, having their headphones on or whatever type of headphones you use now, Bluetooth and all that, or AirPods and shit like that. They're listening and they're they're just trying to think of the next thing to say because their brains have been even processing information. That's what a lot of people do. So I'll, I'll give you an example about this. People will be like, well, there's there was no like black like prowess in Hollywood for a long time. When anyone who's literally having a who anyone who has a brain, eyes, grew up at any single point, maybe from the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, or even a little late 2000s, we got into it's a ton of black stuff. To say that there's not would, would be two things. Either they were a poser, you never read into this stuff to begin with, or you're just a, just a disingenuous liar. That's what it is. A lot of people like just disingenuously lie for no reason. Not all. Why? I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't understand it because they, they seem to think that life didn't begin until they arrived on Earth. Because I've been watching <laughs> a lot of 70s and 80s movies, and there is tons of representation in it. For instance, Lethal Weapon. I love those films. That it could Danny Glover have could Roger Murtaugh have been played by anybody but Danny Glover? I don't know, but Danny Glover does a pretty damn good job. He's fantastic. I could not imagine anyone else in that role aside from Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Their chemistry was palpable, and they are they are the per they are honestly the perfect action films. Some some people may disagree. I enjoyed all four of them for their in their own right. Um, especially because it depicted Mel Gibson as the as the you know depressed mess. But Danny Glover as the black as the, the black man, of course, as as a as a good as a good as a uh, as a good as a good father figure. He had a good home life. He's got a family. He's the family man, and it worked. And nobody gave a shit. And I've been watching some old Bond films from the from the sixties and seventies. Plenty of diversity there. Black people play both both villains and allies at the same time. Now, unfortunately, in the well in the books, actually, it's even better. Because there are plenty of because there's a um I think my favorite book of the of the like seven eight Bond novels I've read, my favorite one's probably Live and Let Die. Now the movie is completely different from the novel. Read the novel; it is so good. But these but it treats it actually delves into uh, the close knit black community within at that time would have been the fifties in in uh, New York and also in Florida, and they create and they have this airtight network of connections they are all intelligent they are ruthless they are dangerous they're well than capable people don't people got on to daniel daniel craig's bond to for being a too ultra violent guys the books are brutal bond pretty much get bomb has skin grafts put on after what happens in live and let die the movie is so much different everybody is terrifying the lead the lead the lead villain scaramanga is Gary, he's like he's like he's like Michael Clark Duncan's kingpin. He is terrifying and he's ruthless and he's intelligent. He's not stupid. And even and even though people get onto the the portions where Ian Fleming is describing some of the uh, some of the 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 black accents, language, manner of speaking that people in the, in Harlem at that time would have spoken, and people say it's so racist. No, it's descriptive. Ian Ian Fleming is writing a descriptive uh, is writing a, a descriptive 
account of what the of what the the language at that, that time would have been. It's hilariously outdated because nobody nobody in their right mind would do that now because they would think it's so racist. But it's not racist. He classifies all of them as a, he classifies this entire this this entire group of people, this entire community. They're pretty intelligent people, and they're not to be underestimated. And Bond is Bond does not underestimate them. He treat he's maybe a little bit cocky, but he's cocky with every villain. But the thing is. Ian Fleming, even back then, did not treat the black people in his own. And he could have had every right to. By the way, this is kind of the English. He's like the English upper crust. He had every re, he had every opportunity to, but he didn't. And he never did really. If anyone was stupid, it's because they were stupid, not because they were black or because they were white. And there's been plenty of representation in in film ever for the longest time, but nobody wants to recognize it because they're all they're doing is checking boxes. Well, you know, no. Well, I'm sorry to say, guys, but. You're not going to have a whole lot of representation in, say, Chinese in Chinese uh, film history or Japanese film history or Indian film history. They're not going to be that representative because most of the time, if it's made in a particular culture with a particular skin color, that's the majority. That's usually who they're going to market to. And even that's probably going to be what the pool of talent is pulled from. I don't know. There's a whole lot of reasons. But the fact that it, the fact that like all this didn't become a problem until modern Hollywood decided they had shit to sell us and that was all they had to sell us on it wasn't the quality of the product it wasn't the it wasn't how good it was how action packed it was how how good the, how good the movie is or how decent the story is or how good the characters are it doesn't matter we have representation in our film come pity us with your money it's the other thing that people just don't want to acknowledge because they want to live in this some sort of like bubble where that is the truth for them, where like other races weren't represented in TV and film. And it's just clearly not true. They'd rather just believe a lie than just like, I don't know, go and fucking look up what the cats look like. Simple information we have it access to us now, or I don't know. People claim to like this stuff as much as they do. Why don't they actually? I don't know. Consume it. Actually, watch it. Because a lot of people will be like, "There was no black led anything." I'm sorry. All the black led TV shows we've had, those don't count. All those black led movies we had, those don't count. Like, so I, I try to understand what is people's exact argument. Because if you said they there needs to be more, I would even say more of what we had a lot of it. You, you just choose to not acknowledge it. That's the thing. People said the thing about Asian people. People said Asian people didn't have representation in Hollywood. We know that's a lie. We literally know that is a direct lie. People said, but not here. Oh, th so movies only exist here. Yeah, clearly. Okay, so that's how you know you're talking to an idiot. You know? I don't know where that ever came from. It came from people who, you know, let's be honest here, just like with comic books, dude, they were into this stuff. All they ever did was just fucking say what someone else told them and they just regurgitated it that's it mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah you're right yeah no no blacks were in this stuff yeah really so there was no african-american represent representation in movie and tv since all all the many years all the many years all as many years you've had to live on this planet there's been none ever since it became a thing none absolutely none so there's no iconic tv shows like first was bel-air sanford and son that came out that a lot of people Love strokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Fresh Prince. I grew up on Family Matters. I watched that with my parents. I also grew up on The Cosby Show, Luckily, one of the most wholesome shows on, on that ever aired. And I still watch it. It is still good. Bill Cosby, I'm sorry, is hilarious. And I would love to see him doing reruns because I grew up on these things. And I was white as a sheet, but nobody mm -hmm. cared because it was good stuff. 
And sometimes Cosby could get a little, could get a little bit raunchy on his show, but it was mm. subtle. And whenever my parents would turn it off, I'm like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you changing the channel? Because they had a joke that just came went right over my, my, my teeny tiny head. Family Matters is the same thing. We still make Urkel jokes to this day in my family because we grew up on it. It's a core memory here. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me laugh whenever people pretend like representation never was never, never existed and existed. There have been plenty of examples of good representation. The problem is, the problem is it wasn't created by you. It didn't highlight the fact that these people are black. They happen to be black, and there were certain stories that revolved around them being black. Of course, there were. There are a couple. Uh, there are a couple stories from a couple episodes of Family Mem- Family Matters where. Uh, oh gosh, what's the what's the son's name? I don't. I'm sorry, I don't remember the son's name. I'm blanking. It's been years since I've seen it. Um, where he's being improperly detained by police and having someone be kind of racist towards him. Remember, this is right after the LA race riots that they're, they're not, that was not that far off. And especially, and also in uh, in fresh Prince, they had a storyline about that too. What's also hilarious about fresh Prince is that they had some idiot intellectual standing around telling Carlton how not black he was because he was rich. That is a greater representation of most of the, most of the, the, the most of the black stri- Well, Back then, it was the struggle, but the, the biggest struggle in the black community was, are you really black if you're successful? And Carlton's like, I'm just as black as you are, dude. But I love how, but I love how you just assume that I'm not black and that I'm not worthy of being black by skin. Like, what, who the hell are you to gatekeep this? I'm my dad was successful, and I'm successful too. I'm a college educated man, and I don't, I don't, I don't really identify with you. Uh, oh no, I found out I'm white. <laughs> um, I don't identify with you, but you don't get to gatekeep who I am. You don't get to tell me who I am. That is a universal theme that applies. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. They use they use that particular example to highlight a universal theme. That universal theme could be demonstrated anywhere else, but they fit it into Fresh Prince and um and um and Family Matters too, because Family Matters the 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 son the the son and I think Eddie got arrested by some piece of shit white racist cop. And yeah. he's like, who? And like, who are you? And so, the, and Carl Winslow comes in to bail them out. And the, this white guy is, and this white cop is like, who are you? It's like, I'm a sergeant and the Chicago police officer. This Chicago. I'm a, I'm an officer. I'm a, I'm an officer. I'm a sergeant in the, in the Chicago police department. Hmm. It's like, oh geez. So I realize he's being outranked. And so it was, his, the, his, it was re- it the episode where Carlton and Will got put in jail for does that too? whatever. Yeah. Uncle Phil came in there and just basically pulled his dick out and was like, oh yeah. I'm a uh, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love Did that. I miss the part where everyone liked everybody hates Chris? Did I miss that? Did that just not exist in time? You know? The very fact that Chris Rock We're gonna and... ignore that people love the Friday movies. How goofy how goofy as they are with the ones with yeah. Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Gonna just ignore that. Just ignore the countless levels of black entertainment that we've had. But but it never existed. Because people's argument that, that it never existed. That's people's argument. It never existed. See, and I'm sitting there going like, okay, um, all right, continue being retarded. I am not engaging with this because this is actually just peak disingenuousness. Mm-hmm. Like, why would people have conversations i don't mind having conversations with people that disagree that's that's whatever but if you're gonna have conversations like that automatically starting out lying what are we even talking about anymore at this point Mm -hmm. because it uh, it's shown that you're not even willing to like listen or anything you know yeah Yeah, because they're not there to have a conversation they're there to propagandize and they're there to make you they're there to make you feel bad for failing to fall for their propaganda 
But mm-hmm. where their propaganda comes from is these cynical, cynical, narcissistic movie critics and frankly, stupid intellectuals who believe that representation doesn't matter unless they are somehow depicted as marginalized people. But when they're but when Hollywood acquiesces and depicts them as marginalized people, then all of a sudden they're racist. Oh, but we can't depict them as as too successful because all the, because the, no no that doesn't reflect the majority of the, of that doesn't we we can't have a black billionaire on screen because that's just that's just not representative of the of the of the, the culture at large or the population at large, even though it's not representative of most of the population at large. Because I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of white people. There's a lot. There's a lot of white people in this country, and there's a greater percentage of them in positions of power. But again, from a percentage rate, there are. It doesn't. It wealth does not does not discriminate. Either you have money or you don't. And whether you're black mm-hmm. or white, if you have money, you have money. If you don't, you don't. Again, we all still love to this day Michael Jordan. Suck it, LeBron James. Michael is the goat. <laughs> they, that's who I grew up with in that entire. Uh, both iterations of of the of the Bulls, both iterations of the, iterations mm-hmm. of, the, of the Chicago Bulls team, are still beloved because that was in my era. We loved that. We didn't care. We didn't care that that Dennis Rodman was black. We didn't care that Michael Jordan wasn't Chinese. We didn't give a fuck because it didn't. It, yep, there you go. Six in the finals. You're right. You're absolutely right, Bronson. And we were only. Suddenly, race only mattered when people had an election to win. That's really when it came about. This really only started whenever Obama became president. I didn't want to drag politics into it, but that's really it. Because I never noticed, uh, I never noticed an obsession over race before that. But people had to manufacture an obsession with race in order, probably, to win the election for Obama and to keep him there. Yeah, because the, people that, will that's be, my theory. Because people will bring up like the media and stuff, dude. And it's like <laughs> I don't even get what people even bring them up. The media literally lies to people constantly about many racial statistics, the stuff they say to you about what's actually happening. Now, I understand sometimes it might be a little heavy handed, but the problem with how like the media portrays things is they're actually kind of warping people's realities into something that it just isn't there. So they're mm-hmm. saying this is happening. I mean, in reality, if people even believe in statistics and all that stuff, given how who funds it, who backs it. They're what they what they've been saying constantly for many years has been proven to just be lies. Why do people feel like they need to get their news from Twitter at this point now? Because they know <laughs> places like MSNBC and CNN are such horseshit. I remember these are big companies with massive production budgets, massive like ways to get information and all that stuff. But but they'll lie to you because it's much easier to just sell people on some bullshit and just tell them the actual truth because. Have you noticed a thing nowadays, dude, where you can't bring up anything without someone feeling attacked b- because of reasons or whatever? So at mm-hmm. that point, it's like, well, how do we even have conversations then? I can't broadly talk about something I'm seeing from an outside perspective. That's the thing. People would always be like, well, you're not talking about statistics. I'm not talking about statistics. But having statistics means I'm actually going to have this sort of like conversation with someone that's going to be in some sort of like maybe debate form where I'm bringing up like numbers to back up a point. I'm talking about people who make like, I don't know, like YouTube videos and they'll be like just talking from just their general perspective. They're not even trying to put statistics out there because that's not, that's not what they're going for. People will be like, oh, but you're this, this, and this is like, well, we can't talk about anything anymore because we're just apparently racist and bigots and all this stuff. Like what kind of system for conversation are we fostering now with people? I find that so weird. Have you noticed that? 
We've been following yeah. all this EDS and Eric July stuff, but I was yeah. trying to think of it more of a broader, like bigger spectrum. Like mm-hmm. people, you can't even even bring up like black issues from an outside perspective without someone calling you racism. It's like that's fucking no. cringe. But, well, but everyone can bring up like white people and Mexican and Asian problems. Perfectly oh, yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's so fucking yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous because mm-hmm. it what really and all what it all devolves into is whenever someone says. As a so and so, I think this is offensive. You know that you're dealing with an idiot. In certain, in in most, in most cases, like for instance, I can say as a redhead, I feel completely underrepresented in Hollywood. Now I'd be mm-hmm. laughed out. Now I'd be laughed out of the room by any Hollywood elite. But how many redheaded characters have been recast as have been recast as a, as a black as a, as a black mm-hmm. character? All of them. And mm-hmm. but thing is, I don't take offense at it because I'm not a sensitive piece of shit. And I actually mm-hmm. I find it hilarious because no matter it's just it's just cynical race swapping. That's all it is. Tokenism. And I don't know why redheads especially like what do the Scots and Irish ever do to you? I don't know why redheads exact exactly are the, are the victims to for this. <laughs> but it's all about your identity. Your identity shields you from any criticism. But worse than that, actually, and Critical Drinker pointed this out when he covered the um when he when he when he was on the panel, I believe he was either mm-hmm. with with a uh, nerdrotic or with Mahler. Whenever they they, they mm-hmm. did their uh, Lord of the Rings review and Return of the King specifically, and actually I think it was for it was on Nerdrotic's uh, coverage of Return of the King, and he says, notice what was what's so different about Tolkien's depiction of heroism, especially the in the film's depiction of heroism, and what modern hollywood does Mm -hmm. in tolkien your heroism is demonstrated by your choices it's demonstrated by how you behave and how you stand up to overwhelming odds and your attitude in the face of those odds but what modern hollywood does now is that heroism is determined by your race by what demographic you're a part of hollywood tells you you're a hero based on the based on the whatever minority demographic you happen to be a part of that's what determines your heroism and that's what determines whether or not whether or not you're wrong too because if you are because the whole point of intersectionality is how many boxes can you check off so that we can Mm -hmm. take your perspective more seriously even though you may not know what you're talking about but because you are a black muslim three foot seven lesbian Uh, mm-hmm. Pakistani. I, I don't know. Insert every single thing. No matter how many boxes you check, no matter how ma- many intersectional paths that you that your identity takes, it means that you're immediately more qualified to speak on it than the heart than the white Harvard educated elitist. And it's dis- It's stupid. Now, granted, there are absolutely perspectives that we can have that mm-hmm. I that I have that you don't, and you don't that I have because that's what makes us people. Not all of us are right. That's what's called, yeah, it's what's called having. Yep. Like we all we all have different perspectives. We all have different we all have different life goals. But the thing is, you may not be completely right, but you may not be completely wrong either. Now, me as a white man who's in his who's in his early 30s, there are some things I'm gonna be very right about, and there are some things I'm gonna be very wrong about. But that's up to me to that's up to me to fill in those blanks. That's up to me to decide whether or not that's something that's up that's my perspective. But what Hollywood and most of these elitists would love us to do is to have us give them give them the powers of our thought of our thinking and i don't think this is i don't think this is a coincidence either because in the past few years i've noticed there have been quite a few there's been a just 
an absolute reluctance to call evil evil. The only evil that Hollywood recognizes is racism. But even then, it's not even real racism. It's just kind of being a dick. And mm -hmm. it's just kind of someone, a character being a dick that they would be that they're that way to everybody else. But oh, because the black woman or the black man has suffered a has suffered a slight at the hands of this dickhead character who's proven to be a dickhead all across the board. That means he deserves to be torn apart and eaten by wolves. How dare he suffer a grievous death? Like all he did was all he did was call you boy. Like what? It's a revenge fantasy and it's horrible. But Hollywood would love us to get would love us to give away our powers of thought to them so that they can propagandize and they can further divide. Now, I absolutely believe that Hollywood is a nothing more than a uh, propaganda wing for a certain political party. I'm sorry. I've been seeing it every time because what they, because what they've decided to do is dis is mischaracterize or at least mislabel or at least just completely hijack it altogether. The concept of evil Disney villains aren't evil anymore unless <clears throat> they're men, especially if they're white men. If they are a woman, they're misunderstood. They're, oh, yeah. there's, there's always they can do no wrong too. That's the thing. Exactly. They can never any wrong. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And it, that's the, that's the case across Marvel and DC and um, Marvel and well, mainly Disney companies and and as well. Um, but there are some, but uh, especially for for Velma, she is an absolute bitch like that woman i would punch her in the face if she was real because she is obnoxious but we're but we're we're expected but mindy kaling had was so indoctrinated by hollywood she believes that oh my mom my mom is away my mom was uh, gone missing i was pretty much I, and look at look at my horrible home life where my dad simps over my stepmom and loves her to death and there's a baby on the way and he serves her like crazy oh how terrible is i don't know if you've seen lady ballers but there's a perfect encapsulation of a. Uh, a couple of journalists at the end of the movie are standing around watching all these kids and families have fun. And these two journalists are saying to each other, oh, can you believe all these families running around with all these, these, um, these breeders running around with kids enjoying their lives. And the other journalists are like, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> That's pretty much how they view it. It doesn't, it doesn't, they, because they have, they have so mischaracterized good and evil. The context doesn't matter. And there is there, the context really shouldn't matter when it comes to good and evil, because there are certain principles that are, good and there are certain principles that are evil for instance hating somebody for any reason just by their external characteristics i think is evil i'm just again i'm reading St band of brothers by stephen ambrose the whole book is about a particular airborne airborne company fighting in nazi germany the epitome of people who hate other people for no reason now right. would nazi germany's crime have been have been nazi germany's crime would have been just as heinous if it had been committed against like and against Africa, against like a majority of black people, which black people were in were involved in that, were in certainly victims of the Holocaust. Um, but the the Holocaust primarily targeted Jews. Would it have been any worse? What it 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 didn't matter. Evil is evil when you're exterminating entire groups of people for the specific purpose of killing them all. That is a bad thing. But Hollywood now would would actually would love to recharacterize that. Oh, because they're Jews, who cares? You know, and especially especially if they're being attacked by Palestine. But if if they if it all happened if it if the Holocaust had happened specifically to black people Hollywood you would see fifty movies released in the in the last five years about that because they love because they they believe that because something a crime was committed against one certain group of people then that means that they're that's automatically higher up for on on the evil tier you can't have a moral foundation like that evil should be evil no matter who commits it or who it's committed against. <laughs> And it in Hollywood just has, 
obfuscated that so badly. Like the villains are the most sympathetic characters now. We actually like the villains, like Barbie and Ken. I like Ken. Ken is the mm -hmm. accidental victim. Barbie is the tyrant. <laughs> All the Barbies are tyrant. They don't even know where the Kens live. They don't even know where the Kens sleep. They don't have their they they don't have their own sleeping. The Barbies don't let them don't let the Kens live in their in their house. Mm -hmm. Like that's horrible. These Barbies are evil, and the Kens are actually the good guys. They're the victims. I, I could throw in a wrench there. Um, if you don't know, certain female spiders will eat the men if they don't perform very properly for them. Now, if you know how women are, that's pretty on the nose with how a lot of them are. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Was, the animal kingdom will definitely show you some traits about how women are. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. In the, it but, can be. Because we're all capable of being evil to each other. Mm -hmm. And we all should be mindful of that. Therefore, we should all resolve to not be evil to each other, mm -hmm. to try to treat each other with respect, try to treat each other equally, to try to, if I'm if I'm in line at Starbucks, I would like to be treated just the same as the guy in front of me and behind me. Now, if he's treating everybody yeah. like shit, fine, I'm a part of the group. But if he's treating everybody well, fine, I'm a part of the group. But if he's treating everybody well and treating me like shit, I'm going to have an issue. Or if he's treating everyone else like shit, me treating and treating me well, be like, uh, what are you doing? Let's so just... I think this is going to be something pretty interesting because, as everyone would know, I've, you know, never been that much of a Star Wars fan. I pretty much never cared for it, if I'm being completely honest here. During 2021, before, um, I think, what's that show called? It's the shitty one. Boba which Fett. one? I mean, yeah, which one at this point? Fucking hell. Uh, Boba Except Fett for Andor. Oh, God. But Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I went and I finally watched every single one of them from original trilogy to prequels, and I even reluctantly rewatched the Disney ones. The only one I rewatched of the Disney ones was The Last Jedi, because I'd already seen Last Jedi in theater, so I had to fucking sit through that piece of shit again, actually, and probably sit through it again when we do our uh, project for it eventually again, because I do want to make sure I do the project again, because it was a really fun project, albeit, you know, got to get through Disney's actual load of shit that's there. So, as you guys know, Star Wars is one of the most iconic franchises of all time, you know? And this is the big problem Star Wars is facing now. This is a big Disney problem. That's pretty much it. Oh, good lord. Because I'm trying to set this up to the point where people are going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? So, alright. I, I gotta get serious, boys. I gotta start raging at women because I hate them so much, as you guys know. <laughs> so, Star Wars, obviously, is one of the most iconic franchises, as you know created by George Lucas and his wife, actually, who was very integral to the first movie actually being as successful as it was back in the day. A lot of people don't even give her the credit, which is interesting because people always say that she kind of reined him in. No, guys, she did actually a lot more than just rein him in, if we're being completely honest here. Then, as you guys know, the original trilogy concluded. Later on, we got the prequel trilogy. And then later on, George Lucas sold this star wars to disney actually then disney starting in 2015 with their own star wars movies actually started coming out with you know the force awakens then after that you had road one then after that you had the last jedi and after that you had solo and then after that you had the rise of skywalker now i'm not going to get into the weeds of all the star wars fandom like the extended universe the comic books you know, there's books based around the movies, kind of like before them and after them. There's a whole lot of rich lore 
in the Star Wars universe. So I find it very crazy that Kathleen Kennedy says things like, we don't really know where to draw basically anything from the Star Wars universe. You know, when she made that off-the-wall comment about, like, lore and all that stuff. Clearly, very much telling the audience out there that she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. And she doesn't even really understand the franchise in general. And I know a lot of you don't like the Disney Star Wars trilogy. I don't like it either. I think it's just straight up almost pure dog shit. What I've You're noticed correct. about those three movies, all they do is copy the original. The Force Awakens is by far and away one of the most mm, copied, plagiarized homeworks out there of a movie. Literally, it's just basically a new hope. The Last Jedi is basically like if I took a shit and then I smelled it and then I threw it at a homeless guy. That would be The Last <laughs> Jedi. That is anything but The Empire Strikes Back. Even though you Last do Jedi live in California. Yeah, and then <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back, obviously supposed to be a mirror of The Last Jedi. You know, you have something crazy that happens that's supposed to blow your mind away. Yeah, one did it actually perfect. The other one, later on, for modern audiences, did it like complete shit. Then you have The Rise of Skywalker, and I damn near don't believe that's even a movie at, at this point. <clears throat> but it, it, if it tried, <laughs> I know it's trying to basically resemble Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it just doesn't do it in any way. And not just like the movies try to basically act like ghetto versions of the originals. The characters are ghetto versions of the originals <laughs> and are actually even worse. People only talk about Finn for what Disney failed to do with his character. No one gives a shit about Rey. People say, but yeah, they do. The toys don't sell. Who the fuck's talking about Rey in your average everyday life? Yeah, not ever happening. The character portrayed by Oscar Isaac, whose name was uh, Poe. I don't know whoever brings that guy up in a conversation because I don't ever hear his name. Just saying. He's never talked about. Ever. I've been in many Star Wars conversations. He's the last person people talk about. So, my personal opinion, they failed with the Disney Star Wars trilogy. Also, Rogue One, I know other people like that movie. I think it's actually, it's probably their best one, if I'm being honest here. But then, you know, the reason why people didn't really want that movie to exist is because toward the end of it, Darth Vader, as you guys know, has tele telekinesis, telepathic power of the Force. Why did he just force the schematics to him? We know he clearly could. But nevertheless, the, uh, you know, Rogue One ended up being a really good movie for them. I have a love-hate relationship with Solo. I don't think it's the worst movie ever. The problem here, it's like, I had fun with it, but I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why did I need this, though? It's one of those movies that came out, and you're just thinking, like, okay, I may or may not like this, but why does this have to exist? Because this is useless. And speaking of other useless things, to catch you guys up now, they announced a sequel to The Rise of Skywalker. It's going to come out in 2026, featuring, once again, Miss Rey Skywalker herself, Daisy Ridley. Is she going to be pregnant? By a black guy. That's my fan theory. Who knows if that'll come true? Hopefully, hopefully it'll come true. And, and then fan theory and fan fiction is another matter. <laughs> I'm being honest here. Given how Disney's wrote their Star Wars shit, that shit is both dude at this point. And then Indeed. recently, it was announced who's going to be the director of the newest Star Wars movie coming out in 2026. And guess what, guys? It was a woman because this is going to be the first woman to direct a Star Wars movie because that's the big headline, right? That, that's all that matters, right? <clears throat> Surface level features about a person matter to who is going to direct a Star Wars film. And Star Wars is one of the most iconic franchises of all time. Even the movies that people hate and despise, they made bang at the box office. Like, I don't like the, the Disney Star Wars trilogy. I think it's horseshit. But those movies, I can't deny, made a shitload of money for Disney. So if Disney wants to actually lose money on this Star Wars movie coming up, yeah... I think you don't hire this person. First of all, even if you want to hire a woman, who gives a fuck? 
Why can't you hire a woman who's qualified, though? I, I fail to understand. Okay, you want to hire people of color and diversity. Well, can we, like, pick people that are qualified, not fucking, like, 7-Eleven gas station workers you talk to at, like, 11 o'clock at night when you're buying your <laughs> rock star energy drinks? Hey. Uh, you just say that because she's Pakistani. <laughs> All they do is own liquor stores. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. So, like, you'll go up to you and you'll be like, hey, you watch, you, you watch, I watch Star Wars, bro. You're like, what do you watch Star Wars? As a kid. Oh, you're hired. You got a black wife? Yeah. My, oh, she loves Star Wars. She loves the Luke Han Solo Walker, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're in. Why can't we? I just fail to understand. Why can't we get qualified individuals, though? You know? But, you know, it's Disney, man. They tend to actually do everything wrong now, for the most part. The Star Wars movies that they've had have not been very good by a lot of people's standards. And the other thing to mention here is this is the biggest thing that'll come up when this movie drops. This movie, by the end of its box of us run, when it does come out in 2026, we know it's going to have a big budget and a big marketing budget attached to it. This is what we know. Depending how much money this movie makes, it proves where the Star Wars fandom is at. Either people on the internet were over-exaggerating about how bad it was, or they'll be proven right. That's it. Because if this movie bombs... Yes, no one has interest in Star Wars anymore. Just off the name alone, it should make money. It's Star mm -hmm. Wars, right? But the only Star Wars movie that it's really lost, made the box office, factually saying, is Solo. It's just Solo. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. So a movie just titled Star Wars, that should be a billion-dollar hit, right? But as we've known about movies now, if word of mouth is not good, it's not holding very well. And we've known... Big blockbuster temples have been losing massive at the box office. So mm -hmm. shout out to one of my uh, subscribers and followers for a long time, Gunner NYC. He wanted us to talk about this. He wants to give our opinions on it specifically. I was like, yeah, man, no worries. I'll just do oh. it on a podcast because I can just clip it out, obviously. Uh, so if you guys want to obviously watch these shows live, check out the links in search box below, Rumble, Twitch, and X accounts where you can watch and listen to the Iron Man podcast live. So here was the Star Wars news that Gunner wanted me to talk about. So this is obviously coming from Forbes, but I wanted to go over and debunk a lot of what Forbes was talking about. So the title is Upcoming Star Wars Film Attacked as Woke by Right-Wing Critics Over Director's Feminist Comments. Let me Before you begin, let me, let me, let me yeah. point out. So <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I think it was last year or the year before, they actually announced a Star Wars film directed by a woman that they summarily mm -hmm. canceled. It's supposed, mm -hmm. supposed to be Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron film. Mm -hmm. Now... You can probably still find that teaser on on YouTube. I was so excited for that movie. I was so, I didn't care if it was directed by a woman because here's the thing: Patty Jenkins showed up in an orange rebel jumpsuit, and at the mm -hmm. end of it, put on a rebel pilot helmet and walked towards a CG X-wing aisle off in the distance. I was a, so pumped about that because Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, was an okay movie. I don't think it was great, but it was good. It wasn't insultingly bad. You could tell it was made with care. What made me so excited about Patty Jenkins's version in this case is she, is she was introducing herself and she says, "Hi, I'm Patty Jenkins. Let me tell you about this movie I'm going to make." It looked like it basically looked like Top Gun in space, which is all I've ever wanted from out from life at all. Period. Um, she said, "I grew up on an Air Force base. I know what this. I know what this lifestyle is like. I know. I I, I grew up with the sound of jets uh, flying overhead. Like I know the majesty and the the might of these." like of the of these machines and i want to i want to communicate a story i want to tell a story about the pilots that are behind the, that are behind the stick behind the controls I'm like hell yes because if you've read because actually there's there's a whole series of novels and they're very pulpy novels but they're that they're all it's basically that it's top gun in space you have all these x-wing novels about 
the pilots of the pilots of Rogue Squadron, and it's they're actually really good and they're fun. The characters are engaging. It's action packed. There's a lot of really cool stuff that happens because you always wonder because of course the Jedi are fascinating enough. But here's the thing: Star Wars has something for everybody. Because, yes, you have the Jedi, but you also have just the rank-and-file soldiers. The pilots of the X-Wings, the A-Wings, the Y-Wings, the B-Wings, the big old frigates. Those are those are some of the people I'd love to hear more about. Because I already read the X-Wing books, and I loved it. I love the Rogue Squadron games. They're fantastic. So I'm Patty Jenkins, who is actually not bad at action directing. Not good, not good at storytelling. But if someone else is writing the script and she's filming it, absolutely. Sign me up. And I was so excited because I wanted to see a top a, a top gun in Star Wars in the theater. And then they canceled it. That could have been their first Star Wars movie directed by a woman. Just saying. But they chose this instead. Yeah, I'm also glad you brought that up because I, I know a lot of people seem to have a very big heart on for women getting jobs. But Disney seemingly just, I don't know, treated Patty Jenkins like pure shit with her movie. Are we, do people just like. I know, I know they purposefully forget stuff to try to bend to their narratives, but what happened to Rogue Squadron, everyone? Oh, wait, Disney treated a woman bad. But you never bring that up. They quite literally strung her along, never got it done, never even got the process going with her movie to the point where she had to literally give an update to that movie in her twit longer talking about a Wonder Woman 3. <laughs> but yes, Disney wants to put women in positions of power. People say, that's just one woman. Doesn't matter. You guys say, this is what you, this is stuff you guys say. I don't give a fuck personally. I know Disney's a bunch of lying hypocrites. It doesn't matter if it's one woman or it's 10. You, you claim they love women. So why did she get treated like shit then? If they love women, no one should be getting treated like shit then. Just saying. That's why you don't grandstand on stuff because when things have to happen, you have to kind of play defense for a company that very clearly shows that They'll just disingenuously lie about everything or people in the company that do that. Oscar-winning filmmaker. Oh, Never forget Lord. Gina yeah. Carano. <laughs> Oscar-winning filmmaker Charmaine Obeid Chinoy is attached to direct an upcoming Star Wars film, making her the first woman to helm a film in the iconic franchise, but the right-wing critics are blasting the movie as woke after Obeid Chinoy said it's about time a woman directed a Star Wars installment. So, this is how the media works, guys. They And I don't even hate some of these outlets. So these guys do put out some very insightful stuff sometimes. But when it's it's stuff like this that always goes like, why do we got to do this with you guys? Why is everyone who criticizes it right wing? You sound like Mark Wade. And he's talking about alt-right and all that bullshit. <laughs> look, they literally sound like they're just making up people <laughs> in their heads. Mm. What? So like, I'll just say this. Let's say randomly, there's a mom out there, and she hears about this news and goes, I don't know if this is a good idea. Is that random mom just right-wing? Even though she probably doesn't even know what politics are, let alone in intricacies of politics. So everyone is she a parent at a school board meeting? She must be right-wing. <laughs> so apparently anyone who doesn't agree with this or thinks she's the right candidate for the, for the job is right-wing. This is why people don't consider your – not just as Forbes, a lot of them. This is why people don't take you seriously because you have – People who write for you that write stuff like that. Does that even make sense when that person even wrote this? Does that even make logical sense to people? Whether or not what you think about the word woke is whatever. Is she a qualified person to direct a movie in one of the highest grossing franchises ever? Yes, this woman is not is not a narrative filmmaker. She's a documentary filmmaker. I'm sure she's talented in her own right, but it's like it's like when people it's like when people um 
mix and match comedy. So there is, right. of course, a, a level of comedy that you have. You can be stand up. You can do good, be good at stand up, mm-hmm. or you can be a comedic actor. You can be good at comedic actor, or you can be a host like Johnny Carson or uh, or Johnny Carson. <clears throat> excuse me, or um or uh anyone else out there. You know, Johnny Carson is the one I can think about because he's the last good one. But the three, those three levels of comedy, because you ha- kind of have to, to be a late night host, you have to be pretty funny. But those right. three uh, variations of comedy are not very interchangeable. For instance, Michael Richards the, um, mm-hmm. is, is a perfect example. He was uh, Kramer from Seinfeld, one of the most iconic char- TV characters of all time. He tried to do stand-up, and he was terrible at it. Jerry Seinfeld was like, don't do it. Don't do it. They're going to eat you alive. And Jerry Seinfeld crossed over is actually managed to be all three because he's not really a late night host, but he has hosted his own shows like with comedians and cars getting coffee. He's able to get to foster some fun conversation, but he's also a good comedic actor. But he's also a good standup. He's kind of all three Robin Williams. Same thing. I would love, he was hilarious on all of his appearances. The thing is those, those men are, a, those men are a, um, I'm mixing my metaphors here. Those men are a drop in the bucket. They are very rare. Just because you are good at one thing does not mean you're going to be good at a similar thing. Just because she directed a bunch of documentaries does not necessarily mean she's going to be a good narrative storyteller. Tackle to your point, in order to even get to that lane that you're talking about, that requires a lot of time dedicated to the other subject to understand it. Because when I was growing up, I I thought I understood all the subjects because they all kind of blended together. But no, guys, (laughs) even just from comic books to like manga, as an example, there's a big difference between the two, but a lot of people are going to go like, is, aren't they just like the same? Yes, on surface level, but the intricacies of them are very much different. So, you know, like a lot of writers in fantasy go, well, I had to literally read a lot of the other genre to understand it, to write it by my, to write my own version of that genre in my own series. Yeah, like no one is saying like, these people can't do something different, but that takes time. You can't just do that. You can't just do that. I mean, let's just be talented. And let's be honest here. This woman's probably not going to be that. Obey Chinoy told CNN in a televised interview done by CNN of all people, right? This week, it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Adding she's thrilled about the upcoming project. This just, this is stupid. Uh... All right. So how about we just take it back to the original? Leia, just saying. Uh, we, 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 we could do when Daisy Ridley was in the prequels. How about we just do it recently? Because people only live off recency bias. Daisy Ridley quite literally was a woman who shaped this franchise in a very, very bad way, but it was shaped in some way. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this woman talking about? This is, sounds like actual NPC bot language. This doesn't even make sense. Here's the thing. Daisy Ridley was not. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't find Daisy Ridley that bad of an actress. I know a lot of people. Are like, She's terrible. She had a lot of shit to work with. She's not terrible. The only reason I liked yeah. Ray to begin with is because she was charming as hell in Force Awakens. That's the only reason I liked Ray. It's mm-hmm. not her fault. It's not. It's not Daisy Ridley's fault that Ray is a shit character. Ray was written to be like that. I'm sorry. It, that's just and that's just it. But so a lot of people like to to blame right to blame Daisy Ridley for this. It's like no, you, no, you can't. She's actually you not can't. a bad actress at all. I've seen her in other stuff. She's completely no. fine. Like Rise of Skywalker, she had some really intense scenes. I thought she pulled off. Mm-hmm. Like she was great whenever um, whenever she's has the Force lightning forward, and that was stupid. But the mm-hmm. Force lightning just went forward and destroyed the transport she thought Chewie was on. That mm-hmm. scream of horror and pain and guilt was really convincing. And especially that one scene when uh, when Kylo Ren's standing in front of him, like, hey, this thing that you've been looking to find, 
uh, like the, the wayfinder, whatever. She's staring at him like what? She's staring at him in a way that she just, Jesus. If she could kill him with thought, she would. She's like, give it to me. It was very convincing. Like she was actually a good actress in that movie. Her character was sucked ass through a straw. But Daisy Ridley, I'm sorry, was actually good in that role. She actually could could show some emotion. She could demonstrate some sympathy and she was adorable in force awakens everybody loved it when she was like click 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 oh safety click, click. that was hilarious yeah. <laughs> that was that was funny and she made it charming because she is cute and mm -hmm. she is actually has the youthful exuberance that made that character work that doesn't that and unfortunately everything went the way it was but daisy really could have been good in a film mm -hmm. where she and her character was written well the problem is padme is written well Princess Leia is written well. Mara Jade is written well. I'm going way People back. like Ahsoka I'm, from the Clone Wars show. People like Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. She actually shows some yeah. growth just only in the show. The the less the, <laughs> only the Clone Wars, the less less about her, you know, self uh, self led show, the better. But like Ahsoka, even in Mandalorian, Ahsoka was not terrible. I actually liked mm -hmm. her in there because I thought she, I thought Rosario Dawson played a pretty good, uh, mature uh, mature Ahsoka. But then the show came along, and that's all she. And that she was just crossed her arms and stared at stared in space. Mm -hmm. um, but like Star Wars has had no shortage of strong, powerful women who are good characters. Again, the Rogue Squadron books I mentioned, so many female characters yeah, in them. It's like when people say, "Oh, there's no black characters in Star Wars." Literally proving how much you don't know and how much you were told that by someone who also doesn't know shit, so you could just regurgitate it. Mm -hmm. Obaid Chinoy, a filmmaker known for directing feminist documentaries, was announced in April 2023 mm -hmm. as director of an upcoming unnamed film set in the Star Wars universe starring Daisy Ridley, who portrayed protagonist Rey in the sequel trilogy of the main Star Wars series. All right, just look, just analyze what I just told you right there, people. A, a person got hired because they did feminist documentaries is going to be directing a space western movie. Does that even sound like a qualified person, even if it was for diversity? A person who, who does documentary feminist bullshit is going to do like lightsaber duels, airships flying, and Western themes. If she even touches on the Force, which I don't know. If she even touches know. any of those themes in, in general, but, you know, that's what the branch is based around. Obey I mean, Chinoy will be the first woman and the first person of color to direct a film set in the Star Wars universe. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, this is the reason why people get mad at these people when they start, when the media starts telling you all this stuff. Why talk about what the director is really good at in her feminist documentaries to make you want to get behind the project? Why doesn't she not talk about the potential storyline she wants to take Daisy Ridley after The Rise of Skywalker? No. They're going to tell you that she's the first woman. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hilarious like, because the man, the first season of Mandalorian, who, what what are the what are the two episodes people remember remember the most? The first one where they introduced Baby Yoda, obviously that was direct. Mm -hmm. I believe that was directed by Dave Filoni. Um, mm -hmm. But people remember the Prison Break episode. People mm -hmm. remember when that was actually pretty good. That was directed mm -hmm. by a black man, Rick Fam 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 that guy, uh, directed by a black man. Right. Uh, same thing with the ATST episode, which made no sense because you have a ship that can shoot other ships. Shoot mm -hmm. it with shoot the anti with the ships directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, a woman. You already have plenty of directorial diversity, directorial diversity in your mm -hmm. TV shows. Why is this a big deal? Because all what they're going to do, <clears throat> because there's a thing we all know. I think Disney knows this film's going to tank. This film's going to the film is going to suck ass through a straw. Nobody's going to go see it. 
is gonna is gonna be a huge bomb, but mm-hmm. they immediately have a shield. They have they have a, <laughs> a they have a non-white uh they have a non-white woman directing it. So they you, they already tried this with the Marvels. Nia DaCosta directed the Marvels, one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, and one of the biggest box office bombs for Disney. She mm-hmm. she came out swinging right after saying that it's just not doing well because white men don't like it. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody liked this movie. Nobody wanted these characters on screen. Nobody went to see them because you told you told white men, you told men to go elsewhere. It's not made for you. And so we did. But still, 60% of the people who did see the movie, the minimal that they were, were still men. So make up your damn mind. Either you like money or you don't. Stop alienating your audience. But seeing as she will be yet another shield against criticism that disney will just that disney will keep well disney is going to keep doing this because it doesn't matter if it makes money if there is if there is a woman if there's a black lesbian woman that they can that they can that they can uh prop up to be a human shield they will and they will be they will be just they will be shameless with it that's all this I, is are you guys telling me that patty jenkins can't direct this or i don't know bryce dallas howard couldn't it, like, I, i'm just saying there could be a woman to, to direct a Star Wars movie because there's been women directing stuff in Star Wars for a while at this point. Why can't we get the qualified ones to do it? Why do we have to get the 7-Eleven gas station owner ones to do it? I, I still don't understand why we have to subject ourselves to that. If we're going to be in this diversity bullshit era, can we get actual good people out of it? Is all these guys just some horse shit? Is, like, Honestly, this be- seems right up Patty Jenkins' alley. Wonder mm-hmm. Woman. She's known for her two Wonder Woman. The less said about Wonder Woman 1984, the better. But the yeah. first one was wasn't bad. This seems right up Patty Jenkins' alley. You need action. You need sympathy. You need you need an interesting story. As long as Patty Jenkins is writing it, you need somebody to. I I don't know if you want if you wanted to have a human shield in front and be like have a have a woman be the voice of this new of of this new character of, of Ray who's who apparently is finally gonna get the primary focus in her own film. Not that the past mm-hmm. Disney trilogy didn't already do that and failed miserably just mm-hmm. get get patty jenkins to do this but no they who knows how to direct action who knows how to direct some character moment because good character moments the the gal gadot is not the best wonder woman but still she had some actually she has some pretty good character moments but this again like i said this is going to be not this is nothing more than a human shield some right-wing pundits criticized obey chinoy deeming her comments woke and resurface remarks she made at a 2015 Women in the World Summit in which she said she likes to make men uncomfortable through her art. Okay, just people, this my, my brain's going to explode reading this horseshit. How could anyone ever even see that documentary, despite numbers maybe being fabricated on it? When she said this and go, yeah, that's a woman I want directing my Star Wars movie. Don't know why Disney loves doing this stuff. I don't get it. Whatever happened to entertaining your audience? Whatever happened to creating a movie that your audience is going to like is going to enjoy the escapism. Like, granted, Schindler's List is one of the is is probably considered one of the, one of the greatest films of all time. It's and it is entertaining in a way because it reminds because it it sh- it tells us a good story about redemption and heroism mm-hmm. in the face of over of overwhelming of the most evil of the most probably the most evil regime we've ever seen and the evil that they perpetuate against mm-hmm. it's just man's evil man's it's it's a story about man's evil toward another man but also about man's sympathy and compassion and goodness towards their fellow man 
that part is entertaining. We don't watch Schindler's List because we want to be in a good mood. We want to want we watch it because we want to be inspired. And that's just one of the many movies like like that I can name just off the top of my head because it's, it's a drastic example. Entertainment used to be uh, movies used to be about entertaining the audience, telling a good story, telling something that might make us think a little bit, but it still was fun along the way. Because here's the thing: a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Even if you have a message, even if you have something to tell us. Tell us a good story, and maybe we'd be, we'd be a little bit more acceptable mm-hmm. to I mean, a little bit more accepting of whatever you're trying to tell us. Just you catch more flies with honey. I don't know how, do you, how much how many more folksy sayings I can pull out of my I can pull out of my sister. <laughs> but like you, you do, you catch more flies with honey when you are nice to your audience and you're not telling us I'm going to make men uncomfortable. Like then I'm out. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see. I don't want to listen to a story that you're going to tell me right. when you're just going to take a shit on me. If we're supposed that, to believe that the Rachel Zegler comments is what is causing this massive backlash to why Disney pushed back Snow White, I'd imagine if that woman starts talking like that in some interviews, I only could imagine what the backlash would be. Just saying. Conservative pundits criticized Obey Chinois comments, including Benny Johnson, who claimed the Star Wars franchise is doomed. I mean, is he wrong? Just saying. Pundit Matt Walsh posted a video of Obe Chinois' Woman in the World in, in the World Summit interview stating the film is destined to be D- Disney's biggest flop yet. I don't know about yet because they've already had that, but if I would say that would be another one to their trophy list of flops. It's not, it's like they enjoy losing money. The popular right-wing account lives of TikTok posted in response to Walsh. Conservative personality Ben Shapiro called Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy the worst entertainment executive of my lifetime. He is right. I can't disagree with that at all, really. Kennedy has faced some online criticism. Some. Yeah, some. All of it. A skewering on South Park because of speculation she is pushing for more inclusive content at Disney. Though the Hollywood Reporter, also a massive shill for whatever is going to pay them the best, you know, to show their bullshit, noted some criticism may be misattributed because she is not in charge of Disney's overall slate. Or considered the mastermind behind the company's so-called woke push. All right, so no, even she's not that is the company's woke push. But, uh, yeah. The company's woke push, but she is a part of it. She is a part of the problem. Lucasfilm is a is a big part, part of Disney. Of Disney. Yeah. And it, yeah, if you ten, you if you make your ten billion dollar property, four billion dollar, however the hell much they spent on it, mm-hmm. if you make your property relevant, you are the worst Disney. You the worst executive of all time because that's mm-hmm. what Kennedy has done. Because the, 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 the viewership for Ahsoka was worse than Boba Fett, and the viewership for, for Boba Fett was worse than Mando, Mandalorian, season two, when it was actually kind of decent and, and watchable. Mm-hmm. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is the outlier because, again, Obi-Wan Kenobi is an, is an, iconic, is an iconic character, and um, even though Alec Guinness is the, first one who, is the very first one who portrayed him in film, who do we remember as Obi-Wan? Ewan McGregor. And the fact that he was there and Anakin was there, that sold the it sold the show. People watched it just to see what Anakin and Obi Wan on screen for the first time would be again. It was disappointing. It was annoying. It's stupid, but it was still actually somewhat entertaining at the end. That last lightsaber duel, even though it made no sense, but like that and that one was an outlier. Every single every single Disney Plus show has reported has reported fewer viewers than the previous show. A healthy franchise does not do that and the fact that we haven't had we haven't even had a movie announced the last movie the star wars movie that came out was rise of skywalker 
And Star Wars is a cinematic experience. You go yeah. to the cinema, you go to see the big screen, the huge speakers to hear John Williams score, and you hear the da 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 da. You hear, you see the opening crawl. This is a cinematic experience. It has to be seen in theaters to be believed. It is so much more impactful when you have that big old screen and you have the and you have the Star Destroyer coming in overhead at the beginning of New Hope. That was amazing. Audiences ate that up in the se- mm-hmm. in 1977 when that first mm-hmm. aired. Yeah, it yes. was an iconic scene, and it was and people first saw it in theaters. People didn't see it on video. People didn't catch it. On, people didn't catch it on TV. The rights would have been way too expensive. It was a smash hit. <clears throat> Star Wars was a cinematic experience, but then you when you turn it, make it into a small screen, you can just watch on your phone. That's not fun. That's not a that's not a big blasting sound system. That's not why people go to the movies. People go to the movies for spectacle. Star Wars yeah. used to have spectacle. It's boring as shit now. <laughs> Some critics like libs of TikTok have claimed studios particularly Disney, are losing money because of films containing woke content like feminist or LGBTQ themes. That's not, oh, Lord. Claiming them. Yes, uh, they. those films do contain that stuff. That That's that's not like, a, hey, I think they have this stuff. No, they have that stuff in there. That's that is definitely true. They brag Though, about it. Some, some of the films attacked by conservatives in recent months have been profitable. Disney's Little Mermaid remake faced attacks from conservatives for casting Haley Bailey, a black astri- actress, as an actor who was white in the animated original. But the film grossed about five hundred and seventy million dollars worldwide. All right, I'm, I'm just how gonna much stop did it right cost? There. How much did it First cost? First of all, when this is the thing I'm talking about when the media lies to you guys about this stuff. Yes, Little Mermaid made that much on the surface level. But on the surface level, it made about five seventy. Right, the marketing budget attached to that movie, the, the actual budget of that movie. So, like, I think the marketing was around eighty to one hundred million dollars. So that puts it about three hundred million dollars. That movie needs to bring it about a billion dollars for, for actual profit. No, it didn't make profit with five seventy. That actually doesn't even get you breaking even. If we're being completely honest here, remember, guys, Black Adam needed. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, no, I'll, I'll use the Flash. Better example. The Little Mermaid and The Flash had similar budgets, surface level, right? The Flash needed $720 million to just break even. That's not getting you out of the red. That's just breaking even. How would The Little Mermaid need less money to be profitable than the other one with a similar budget? Does that sound like any level of sense to you people? It's almost like they're lying. Disney's Elemental also sparked controversy featuring a non-binary character, but went on to gross nearly $500 million worldwide. Another example of a movie with a big budget, big marketing costs, it taking in $500 million means nothing. That literally means nothing. This is the one that is true, though. Barbie also angered some conservatives who felt the film contained an emasculating portrayal of men, but the film became the highest grossing film of 2023 with 1.4 billion in total worldwide box of sales. Barbie is true on the number part of it, but the white the way people describe Barbie is not how they did they describe. Yes, Barbie by that number made it Barbie's the highest grossing film of 2023. True. That actually made profit. Yeah. Those other two did not. I don't know what like, the fuck that was written though. So they it's oh it's so stupid. I, I just I when people talk about box of numbers, it makes my brain want to explode, guys. Please look at numbers and actually understand how this works because these people lie. It blows my mind. Remember when Fast X by Variety was like, Fast X made profit. Fast X has a budget of like 350 and it took in 720. Okay. Did that make profit to you guys? 
on the surface level, yes, they made money, but did it actually make money? I'm going to take the high road in there and go say fuck no. No. Because you know, because really, they're, they've, Disney for some, somehow, I don't know how, struck gold when it came to Aladdin and, um, and Lion King. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, but honestly, they made, they made a billion based on, not based on both Aladdin and Lion King, made mm-hmm. a billion, not based on the quality of the film. I, I didn't think Aladdin was that bad. It was directed mm-hmm. by Guy Ritchie, and I, re- I kind of enjoyed it. I, re- I would watch that over again more than I would watch uh, Lion King. Because mm-hmm. even though Will Smith is not Robin Williams, nobody's Robin Williams that made us a god. You, you can't, it's still good. Will, Will Smith is still a decent genie. And it would, and the, the movie is still pretty good. It's still watchable. Lion King is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they only made a billion off of their names, off of the, the good memories that people have with the cartoons. Right. Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, same thing. But it's so funny, not even Little Mermaid, the movie that kicked off the Disney animated renaissance, that, by the way, everybody loves Ariel. Ariel is an iconic character. Because yeah. that, that was the first movie. And, and so the, I don't know if you knew this, the, so the Disney... Uh, the Disney Renaissance was it was basically the '90s. Like I grew up in the '90s, and that's I'm, I'm I was raised on these movies. Yeah, the, it started because uh, they started being structured like musical theater. And musical yeah. theater is a tried and true method of telling stories, and it yeah. makes sense. And the movies are in the movies are excellent. The music is excellent. The songwriting is excellent. It's good stuff. This, I think, people are finally becoming. Uh, I think he. I think he just lost the gen. I think he just lost the Gen Wires. I think he just lost the millennials like me who know <laughs> what you're doing, who can see straight up. This is a cash grab. Even if you don't necessarily have a problem with the Black Ariel, it's like this is a cash grab. I know it is. It's cynical, and so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna participate in it because it sounds boring. I've seen also, this movie. For being before. honest here, people were outraged at the Haley Bailey casting because they literally race swapped a character that is beloved that no one had an issue with. Actually. It's actually more racist that the company swaps the character because that means they have a problem with the race of the character, uh-huh. not us. Remember, remember, this is what peak gaslighting does to people. So here, this is what, how it happens. So like, let's use Ariel, for example, since we're talking about The Little Mermaid. People like Ariel. People watch the animated movie. People don't really know those original stories based on this movie, so the animated one's the one we're going off of, right? So if it's loved by quite the number of people, there's some people out there who don't like it. That, that, that that's how popular things work. There's not people out there that don't like popular things. But for the most part, most of you who talk to you are fine with Ariel. They love her. What's the reason of changing it? I just don't even understand that concept. Everyone likes it, so let's just change it to then call people racist they, they don't like it. That almost sounds like peak gaslighting to me. That almost sounds it? like you're trying to start something for no reason. Just saying. In the words of Critical Drinker, why? Don't know. Obey Chinoy, a Pakistani... Canadian filmmaker began her filmmaking career as a producer and director of documentary films about gender e- inequality. Yeah, and just right there, this disqualifies anything this person's ever fucking said. How would that qualify her to re- make a Star Wars movie? I find it interesting that they're highlighting a woman who they're they're propping up a woman who made. I mean, and here's the thing. Um, and I'm trying to be, and I'm trying to be careful how I say this. Mm-hmm. let's just say her, her documentary, she's even mentioned the next line, her 20, 2012 documentary saving face about acid attacks against women in Pakistan. Just let that sit for a second. That's needed. That is, she's doing, actually is doing a service, mm-hmm. but I find it interesting that she now has no problem. This kind of tells me that she's full of shit now because maybe her activism is just not worth anything because 
she has no problem uh, hitching her wagon to a company that thanked a literal concentration camp for letting them film Mulan there. Who actively, who actively censors black characters on their posters to appease China. Who <laughs> also cut out these little token gay scenes from releases in the Middle East. I'm sorry if if you if you wanted to hit your if you wanted to hit if you wanted I don't know if you wanted to make a uh, like an identity politics driven I mean if you want to make an identity politics driven movie this would be the studio to do it but this would also not be the studio to do it to demonstrate your to demonstrate your your overwhelming virtue because that's all it is it's all it is it's not very feminist of you not yeah. very you know representative of you to th work for a company that literally thanks concentration camps. I it's thought concentration camps were bad. It's literally just Disney and, or Kathleen Kennedy just virtue signaling. That's yeah. it. Remember, these kind of people said, the one video I think Star Wars Theory had, he had a clip of her basically saying that men, she doesn't hire men as much when they call her, but she'll hire women more. Like, yeah, I don't even female, That was her thing. Yeah, of course, it's female. And the other part, the last part of the article, which is uh, she also directed two episodes of, Disney, of the Disney miniseries with Marvel, which was acclaimed by critics. Really? Okay, so the series that no one watched. Yeah, man. That's okay. how she got the job. They're yeah. so incestuous in Disney. If you've done something for Marvel, you'll do something for Star Wars. If you don't something if you do something for Star Wars, you do something for Pixar. It, it's just, these people are interchangeable because they they're just they're not they're not they're not hired, they're cast. They're not hired based on their talent. They are cast. I guarantee you this film was already in previous visualization. I guarantee you it's already been written. It's already been decided what she is going to film and how. Because they mm -hmm. want a perfect example of the Eternals, which right. is kind of funny because Chloe Zhao was not touted as a look at this Asian girl making this movie. That was back when Marvel still had still thought they had some clout and says, hey, here's the Eternals. <laughs> this uh, this yeah. Steve, this Steve Kirby, uh, I think it's Jack, it's Jack Kirby, Kirby, right? Why did I say yeah. Steve Kirby? I don't, wait, I don't know who the hell it is. Yeah, this Jack Kirby property, this well-known Jack Kirby property that really nobody knew, was like, oh, okay, and so you've been here the whole even time. At the time period. Remember, Eternals came out back yeah, then, no, and no one could give a fuck about them, actually. Yeah, no one gave a damn. Like, they could... Marvel could do no wrong after Endgame, and they had they had nowhere to go but up, But they and they just shit the bed. But they didn't amplify, hey, look, Chloe Zhao, this Asian girl who, like, 100 pounds yeah. soaking wet, Look, she's directing a movie. No, they said, "Hey, Academy Award nominee Chloe Zhao." Right. Said, okay, so you could still you could still hire people based on merit, but you, you th that movie was not directed by her. That movie was not. She was told what to shoot, and she did it. That means she was cast as her as a director. There have been countless examples of that happening, and this woman is no exception. Yeah. So, tell tell us how you guys feel about this lady who's been cat a uh, hot. I'll say casted as a director to direct this upcoming. Star Wars movie and and this movie when it's when it comes out in 2026 and the box office is over I'm talking about it, it's done theatrically it'll show where the state of Star Wars fandom is at if they're actually enthusiastic about Star Wars as a property anymore because we know it's been very hard to drive interest in movies now it's very hard and I'm just gonna put it out right now this is not the last we're gonna hear about this movie and the level of bullshit this lady's talking about it just in general right so yeah, if Disney wants to continue to lose money, that's what's going to happen. Because I know people are talking about, but their movies made this much money. Yeah, they also put out the highest number of movies of any studio, though. And they, those movies that people are talking about, on the surface level, they made money. We're, we're, we're just going to ignore all the marketing that it's just lost. 
We're going to ignore how much millions these movies didn't make. None of those movies are profitable. That's what the movies just made on the surface level. None of them are profitable. Arguably, maybe Guardians 3. And that's like, a, you got to really be stretching some numbers there. Really? The Marvels was profitable? I swear. Just stop licking Disney's boots. Get Mickey, well, Mickey Mouse, I mean, not have Mickey Mouse anymore. That's crazy. Maybe Kathleen Kennedy's vagina is a fly trap. They, that, that's what it is. Because <laughs> you people just eat up anything these people talk about. You guys are just like idiots, for being completely honest here. But then again, I... I haven't watched anything Star Wars related since like Obi-Wan Kenobi season one. And that was enough for me to be like, okay, I'm done for a long time. Actually, I'll be good on Star mm. Wars stuff forever. Maybe the comic books will be interesting. And the only one that really sells is Darth Vader stuff because you know, reasons, right? So except uh, they can grow his limbs back to the force, which is bullshit. <laughs> the force can do anything. Now the force has no limits. Make sure to check out a uh, red Starter's channel. I'll leave it linked in the box below. Anything else you want to see before we head out actually of this particular video we're going to be done. Uh, nope, not really. I was going to do a video about this, but I think I've kind of said everything I needed to say here, but, um, I'm definitely going to be reviewing some, uh, whatever, some of these new movies, whenever they come out, I may just go see night swim and review that. I'm not a big horror guy and that looks stupid. I thought, mm -hmm. why not? I'll have nothing to do. I have nothing else to do this February, this January. Um, but I am going to be starting a, I'm going to be going to be starting a, um, a true detective retrospective. For the mm -hmm. first season, because the season four is coming out pretty soon. And I may just I may just do what every boomer does on YouTube and may do a band of brothers retrospective. That could be fun. But no true detective. I've I've been working on that for a while, just mm -hmm. getting all the all the ideas out. But that I am I am planning to do that sporadically this year because I think it's, it's a it's a show that's worth revisiting. And just be and it has happens to deal with a, a group of elitist pedophile child uh, child rapists, which has absolutely nothing to do in the current year. So I feel like this is perfectly timed. Just saying that this could not have been more more perfect timing. Uh, but that that's my plan. Um, True Detective is a fantastic show. You also definitely watch it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have planned for right now. Yeah. Good lord. So. Disney Star Wars is uh, complete garbage, let's say that for the most part, and this movie will be no different, in my personal opinion. If you guys want to eat and suck off Disney, go ahead and suck off your mediocre dog shit that they keep giving you. You can lick all the boots you want, but there's, I'd rather lick some actual tasty boots, like my own, after work. No, I don't do that, because I would probably throw up. So, all right, uh, we're going about going our five minutes before I go to my next show with Chaz, so probably just talk a little bit longer after that. But yeah, oh, dude. There's so much stuff going on. That's what I told people. There's so much that goes on in this stuff. Uh, <laughs> why can't we just get stuff that's just, I don't know. Mark Waits talking about, oh, make comics to my taste. No, 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 no. People just want good comics in general, not just to their taste. Literally, if you like the character, just based on the character, you just go buy that character's books. Mm -hmm. That's how it will work. If, I'm, yep. if I had the only taste for Superman, I would just buy only Superman stuff. But no, people just like good stories all around. That's just yep. how it is. People just want to be told good stories. They don't want to be preached to. And especially these past mm -hmm. few years is not, if that's not enough to tell you, then I don't know what to tell you. You're a retard. Just mm -hmm. watch movies that because word of mouth, never underestimate word of mouth. People like a movie. They're going to tell their friends about it. who are going to see it. They're going to tell their friends about it. It's a, it's a pyramid. It's a pyramid scheme, but it's a pyramid scheme for the better. I remember Top Gun was a huge success because everybody I know, I was already looking forward to it like crazy, but everybody I know was saying, go see this now. And that everybody I know who's all we share this very similar taste. They are very critical of movies and like you need to see this immediately. So I did. 
and I was blown away. And I still weep every, I still weep at the end every time. It is beautiful. Same thing with Godzilla minus one. I wasn't planning on seeing a fucking Godzilla movie. I'm not a weeb, but I love that movie. It was excellent because a lot, I heard the word of mouth was very, very positive. And lo and behold, look what they're doing. They're re-releasing in theaters and spreading out and, and spreading out the reach of this film. Because people are watching it, people are telling other people to want to watch it. The demand is increasing. The demand for Star Wars has never been lower. And Disney is going to learn all the wrong lessons because they're stupid. They're full of people who are just motivated by the message and nothing else. And create the Disney's where creativity goes to die. And you know what? Good riddance. Let them die. Let them go. There's plenty of other good shit out there to read, especially when it regards to Star Wars. Play the old games. Read the old books, read the old, buy the old comic books, just find a used bookstore and gather up as many Star Wars novels as you can. There are some going to there that aren't going to be great, but they're most of them are pretty good. And there's some pretty good stories. You can imagine, you can imagine the, the movies that would come out of them. Read those instead. Do not participate in any of this bastardization of the good that came before. Just if you keep watching it, you keep engaging with engaging in it is not, it's good. They're going to keep making it because as far as they're concerned, I think there is a lot of truth there. They think that, all, they think that all good, all good publicity, uh, all publicity is good publicity. Well, unfortunately, that's not true, but it still gets eyes in their shit, and they learn the wrong yeah. lessons from it. But yeah, well, even today they had another trans ally person be a shooter. I'm pretty sure you heard of that too. Oh boy, that was sad. Only one person died, which is wonderful. But I mean, can we just can we just stop pretending schools are safe places? Yeah, I never thought they're safe places. Just arm your teachers or have a security guard in place. There are plenty of retired vets who would do it for free. Just do it because schools are not safe places. They are soft targets. I'm sorry. My kids are not going to a public. My kids are not going to a school where there's a no where there's a a gun free zone sign in front. Sorry, not happening because that means that they're going to be relying on the sign to stop you. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Just stupid. But. Yeah, I've got. I've actually got a run. I've got a early morning. Tomorrow. Yeah, me too. But yeah, guys. <laughs> uh, last thing I'll ask you is um, any shout outs? Going to get to anyone in particular? Anything else you want to say before we head out of the show? Um, nope. Subscribe to MSK. Keep watching. Keep, uh, uh, keep, keep commenting. Keep liking, sharing, subscribing, rating. If the people still do that, oh, that's a yeah. Uh, YouTube, trying to get out about. a video <laughs> consistently. You know, I, I I know I told people a video a day, and that's what's gonna happen. I'm trying to make sure I get uh, enough content. I've I have enough clip stuff from these shows to put out for a few days, but you know, gotta make some f- f- fresh stuff right off the cuff. Generally, when you're talking about all this crap, and it's like, bro, they, they don't make it easy. Hmm. Ugh. <laughs> but we'll see you guys later. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you straight tomorrow on Friday Bangers. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>